0: You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Supercoach, all season long.
1: Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Alright, you're back with the Dual Position Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Whisperer, joined by Brew once again. Round three, mate. Oh, um, okay. So, pivotal week this week, I feel the week before price rises and we just have to get, we have to get them right.
0: It's moving week. Um, Yeah. It's very tricky. And there's a few surprises today in the team list that make it a little bit, little bit tricky. You know, Angus Crichton for one makes things difficult. Um, Harry Grant, obviously going down with COVID that that's also making things a little bit tricky as well. So it's going to be an interesting week of trades.
1: Yeah, as you said, moving week, the week before price rises. Um, I haven't used the trade yet. I managed just to skip trade uh, round one with no trades. So I've got a trade boost up my sleeve. Um, I will be using it. We'll, we'll, we'll be pumping three trades. But the question is what we do, because Trent Robinson, mate, has thrown us a massive curveball. But before we get into the teamless Tuesday news, look, round one injuries were brutal. Round two, not so much. But there are still a few key points coming out of round two when it comes to injuries. You're, you are the... Uh, the the aforementioned doctor on the show Probably the most intelligent one out of you and I So I'll let you give us the injury breakdown As to sort of what happened
0: No worries uh, So what do we have on the
1: weekend? We had, uh, give me a sec, I'll just bring it up Well first things first David Clemmer Apparently was, had a knee cork That turned out to be needing surgery So he's gone for six weeks So that's going to maybe mess up the Brew World it, Order Trade plans a little bit
0: Is it six weeks now?
1: I think it's three to six, NRL Physio said
0: Okay. NRL has him listed as returning round five. So that's interesting. Um, But we'll get to that. So we've got for the Raiders. I'll start with the Raiders. I'll do this team by team. Uh, Nick Kotrick is a quad injury. He's due back round three. Croker's a knee injury. Back three to four. Schneider obviously named today. He is back. And Hodgson, the news during the week, is now an ACL and the season. Uh, the Bulldogs, no one really of note. We've got Marin is still listed as indefinite. Alamadi, the young cheapie, he's round six to eight. Cronulla, uh, Cronulla Sharks. Uh, Mulatalo, he's listed as a round four return. Uh, Teague Wilton is suspended until round four. Wade Graham is ankle injury, returning round six. Uh, Titans, Titans don't have too many injuries. They've got Corey Thompson. He's listed as returning in round four or five. Uh, at the Sea Eagles, we've got Alawi. He's suspended. He returns in round four. We've got Josh Schuster listed as a round six return. Melbourne Storm. Melbourne Storm had plenty of injuries, so uh, Harry Grant COVID. So obviously he should be back next week.
1: Let's just uh, let's, Jordan Grant. Let's just touch on the Harry Grant one because one of the most traded in players this week uh, has really bailed me out because I was fading him for this week. So it makes me feel a whole lot better. There's plenty of reverse trade buttons happening and it's kind of blue balled us a little bit. He was named at four o'clock and then 4.15 rolls around and the storm said, no, he's, he's out.
0: Yeah. The man that I should have looped last week, Harry Grant, uh, he's done, I've done a lot of people a favor, I think, except for those that jumped on last week or picked him to start the season and set him out week one and, you know, we love and life this week. Um, all right, continuing on, uh, Eisenhuth, Tom Eisenhuth for the Storm, uh, listed as a round five return. Coop John's round five. Brendan Smith is back next week, it looks like. Uh, and then we've got Welsh Jennings uh, out for the season, obviously. Newcastle Knights, Kellen Plonga was named today, so he should be return. Uh, Lockie Fitzgibbon doesn't have a timeline, but he's got a, not, a knee injury. I believe it's an MCL injury, so that's normally a four- to six-week injury. Clemens listed as knee in round five by NRL. Um, so I'll have to look into that one and see if there's any more info. Daniel Saifidi is listed as being able to return this week. Uh, the others aren't too relevant there. Homel Hunt round 10 is probably the other one. Uh, Cowboys, uh, Ruben Cotter. He's back this week. Uh, it's Noel Brown can be back this week. Apparently Mitch Dunn, obviously did his ACL and he is out for the season. Uh, Parramatta Eels, Madison's due to come back in round four. Uh, Mike Acevo's listed at mid-season. Sean Russell out indefinitely. Everyone else isn't super relevant there. Uh, Penrith Panthers, obviously, they've got a bit of a list going on as well. Um, Fisher-Harris is probably going to be out this week, due back next week, I believe. Cleary. Cleary is an interesting topic listed in the 24 uh, today, rumored to be returning this week. So that's an interesting watch there. Uh, Mav Geyer back in round five. He could be an origin prospect for us, so keep an eye on that. Toto is out until rounds nine to 11, which has opened up Talon May for us all. So that's a pretty serious injury there. And Leota, uh, we can discuss a little bit the replacement for Leota later. He's out till mid season. Uh, no major injuries at South beyond Blake Taff. He's out uh, until round four. Dragons have uh, Woods till round three. Sullivan round three, Maguire and Fui Maiano suspended until round six. And Max Fagai is not due back until 11. Sydney Roosters, uh, Sam Verrills, he's got a thumb injury. He's due back in round six. Uh, so for those with Connor Watson, keep an eye on that. Uh, Butcher and Suwali are pretty much ready to return. That's Egan Butcher, not Matt Butcher. Uh Warriors Vayela is due back in rounds five to six. I'm personally gonna hold Vaila. so I really hope he's back soon. Sean Johnson has a peck injury, due back rounds five to six. DWZ rounds eight to ten. He's got a finger injury, and Torhu Harris is midseason. Finally, the West Tigers. Uh Tuolagi's got a head knock. He's listed as a round four return due to HIO protocol, I believe. Um Little is returning as of this week, is available. Uh, he is rounds eight to 14. Another interesting watch for this season. And the others are pretty much season injuries are not really relevant. That sums up the injury news.
1: Very long injury report this week because I feel like it's crucial just to understand where teams are at, where the rotation's lying, um, working out your trade moving forward. As I said, round three is pretty pretty pivotal because we've got to get these trades right. Um, setting your team up for the future. Uh, the way I've always looked at Supercoach is trade hard early. Uh, and then try and hold off for the next month or so as minimal as possible to, to set yourself up sort of heading to origin okay so the big talk teamless talking points uh Steve is in fatigue Wilton obviously suspended for the week um, we'll see his fate later on I think um a guilty plea he has taken uh, if, he, if he challenged and was unsuccessful it was two weeks so just just the injury. Uh, just the one suspension for him there. Uh, to a laggy HIA. Now, people that were in the loop here aren't surprised. Um, I did post on my socials a couple of days ago expect him to not get named um, as he did have a five day turnaround for the Tigers. Um, and then, yeah, was never really going to get fit after that seven day HIA. Um, what else do we have here? Angus Crichton benched. This is what we touched on at the start of the show. This has sent me for six, and Trent Robinson's playing cheeky buggers, and I don't know what's going on here. We'll, we'll touch on that when we come to the cells, but Angus Crichton on the bench is one for concern. Uh, Nathan Cleary is back, as you mentioned. Brew, Harry Grant has COVID, and little sneaky one here. No Trevilian for the Raiders on the bench. They've named, they've named Matt Frawley on the bench, but the specialized hooker is gone. So Tom Starling, he's one we can touch on in the buy period as well, or or even sort of the wait and sees. But that is the team list news. Let's move on to the top 10 most purchased players this week. (coughs) All right, number one, Nico Hines. Um, What more is there to say? Um, Very different opinions on this show. All preseason, one of us was in the no camp, one of us was in the yes camp. I reckon we leave it at that. Don't say who was on which side, but scores of, what, 70 and then 101. Covering for fullback in a class that is underperforming. Covering at halfback for us a, a, a class that is lacking depth and lacking overall guns. No surprise to see him. I think he's 685k off the top of my head. A lot of people are trading out the two big guns at... At uh, at two RF, then they're moving some stuff around, and then getting getting Heinz in. But I've got no qualms about this one, mate. And there's a reason why I've got no issues when we touch on our trays later on.
0: Yeah, he's um, I want him as quickly as I can. I, I've got too many fires to put out this week to be able to do it. But um, yeah, I can understand why he's highly highly sought after.
1: Number two on the list: William Kickout, after two back to back good performances. Uh, sees a lot of teams trading him in for the same reasons as Nico Hines. Uh the two underperforming two RFs, the big the big two. Bit of a cash grab here from v- Villiam Kikau, but I would not be surprised to see the roller coaster plummet this week. Yeah, you have gone. Yeah, he never really has. You, you cut it. You cut it in out there. Sorry, mate. Go again.
0: I personally, I don't think he can keep it up. You know, week in, week out. So he's he's due for a, probably a down week, but. The way he's going, there is huge upside there. Uh, and if you can pick the weeks to play him, you're gonna benefit. So I can understand why people are getting him in.
1: Number three of the most traded in list, Peter Hicku from the North Queensland Cowboys, mid three hundred K is two very good back to back scores, fifty-four base power, which is Brian Toe levels. Now, do I think that's sustainable? No. But he is definitely someone to be worth considering at three hundred and forty K.
0: Who was that? Sorry? Peter Hicku. Peter Hicku, H- yeah. Yeah, Hiku's an interesting one. Obviously, he's got two good scores. He's he's very safe in his position. I can see why people are, are doing it. Like their matchup this week's not too bad, obviously. It's much better than say Dom Young, for example, who's who's a similar price and a similar break-even going into this week. Whereas they've got a really tough game against Penrith. Hiku's got a much easier game. So if you're chasing the points and the cash at the same time, and Hiku's maybe a short-term player, not a long-term player, I can certainly see why people are looking at Hiku.
1: Pretty sure they play Melbourne and Parramatta, apart from that, up until around 10 or 11. They're pretty smooth sailing, so their draw is quite ideal. Uh, number four is Max King. I mean, teams, people should have had him from the start, but yeah, he's, he's the real deal. He's actually made, made his way into my starting 13. He's just been a 50-point score at front row forward at 180K. Not a whole lot more to say there. Number five on this list is Harry Grant. Expect that to be dropping ASAP. I took these numbers at about 6.30 tonight. Um, but yeah, five at five, moving down. Um, number six and number seven, Jake Clifford and Dane Gagai. Now, you and I crapped all over the night. It's all preseason. They've come out and started well. I think they're top of the table. I can't pay this for Gagai. Like... All the points that I've said, I think, still remain. Like, he's at a sky-high price. He will rise because he had two fantastic games, but I just don't see what upside there is um, in the Knights. And Jake Clifford, never been fantasy relevant, but has looked more involved. So there is understanding there. Good price. Uh, People are moving on um, from a couple of underperforming guys like Lachlan Ilias, for example. So I can understand it. But, yeah, as much as you and I are eating humble pie on the Dane gag, I think I still can't get behind him at, at buying him, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's just whether Dane Gaggo is going to be one of these guys that this season is the season that maybe maybe he's that guy that just explodes and keeps going with it. Sometimes you, you find this early in the season and, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I can kind of see why people are chasing it, but it, it, it's probably a little bit too pricey for my liking.
1: Yes. Um, number eight, Josh King from Melbourne. With the thing of, ha- with thing of cheese on the bench, I'm kind of like, huh? But to be honest, I think Greg Bellamy's got no one else to name in the top 30, so they've just named some some deep reserves that won't play. Uh, I'm still taking NRL Physio's word for gospel here that cheese is probably still another two, three weeks away. So there's still some money to be made with Josh King. Number nine, Apikorosau. Um Same points we made a couple of weeks ago after his round one performance. Looks like he's playing bigger minutes, looks involved. So, yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of injuries at Penrith that maybe have inflated his minutes. But if he keeps performing, I can understand it. But for me, it's, it's not a play for me. Um, what are your thoughts on Appy?
0: Yeah, I don't mind the Appy move at the price. I, I don't think he's going to be a season-long keeper, but whilst he's going on a tear, like he – was it last year or the year before all pre-season the debate was to Appy or not to Appy and, you know, he's injury-prone, et cetera, et cetera, and he came out and killed it that season. Um, I think he he ended up making a lot of money and, and he was the go-to guy. Um, maybe he's just doing it all again. Maybe he's found his – you know, found his hotspot again and he's going to go on a little bit of a run. So I don't hate it. It's not a terrible par- price at sub 500
1: And number 10 on the most traded in people is Payne Haas despite being owned by like 53%. I think a lot of people are just licking their wounds and anti him and bringing him in. Not much more to say about Payne Haas. Moving on to the cells, who is sort of the most top 10. Dead man walking. Tommy Turbo is number one on the most sold list. Now, this is the one, probably the... I reckon he's been overshadowed a bit by the two back rowers, and, and we'll touch on them because they both feature in the top 10. But basically, Sunday night, the rage trade debate was, what do we do with Tommy Turbo? I'm in the, I'm in the hold camp. I understand you're going to lose so, so much money, probably a record amount of cash lost, but you didn't buy him for the first two games. He's playing the Bulldogs. For me, he's the best captain option this week. If you own, I feel like you have to hold. What are your stances on Tom Travojevich? And I'd love to know because uh, our our trade talk segment last week, I think, goes down in Supercoach podcasting infamy with what you sprung on me. So as a Tom Travojevich owner yourself, mate, where are you leaning towards on the, the turbo, non-turbo debate? Because I will be watching um, behind my couch. He might absolutely just destroy his Bulldogs side.
0: Look, I, I'm holding Turbo. Um, it would, I think, it would probably be silly to trade him in one week and then trade him out the next week. I can understand the reasoning for those that started the season with him to sell. Obviously, you're probably going to be able to pick him up 300k cheaper by around say six. Who
1: do you sell to though? Like, is it is it just Nico? Like, is that is that who you sell to? Because Nico or Charles Mitchell for me. Because pubs hasn't. Pre- proven he's worth picking up like he's not a sell Pappenhausen but he's not proved he's worth picking up Luttrell has a pretty gross matchup this week against Melbourne after that it opens up fantastically you and I have said this Teddy had had a poor score and a top score but most people probably would have had Teddy already so yeah it's Luttrell or Papps uh, Luttrell or Hines that you pick up if you sell and, and I just don't for with what Manley's draw is I don't know if that's worth it and that's why I, that's why I'm holding
0: yeah, I was a little bit torn. So I, I had a quick look yesterday, you know, in, in terms of selling him and uh, Hines was really the guy that stood out for me. It wouldn't – it would ultimately be a play where I end up switching him up to hooker uh, – sorry, to seven and then obviously getting another fullback. Luttrell – I don't mind Luttrell. I think he, even against the harder sides, he's still going to be able to, you know, get some get some junk. And this week he plays the Roosters and I think next week, is it, he plays the Storm. Um
1: Trail. I Troll plays the storm. Yeah. Troll plays the storm this week, and then from round four to like round twenty-two, it's just pretty much smooth sailing. He's
0: shown he's shown that he's high involvement and that he can certainly you know get a lot of junk. So i I would probably I'd probably get Latrell to be honest. He's certainly someone that's on my radar.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would agree with, with Trell too. I just got to work out when we get him because I want to, I want to jump on the time right. But Nelson isn't performing, but yeah, I'm really keen on Trell. I've said that all preseason. season uh, Number two on the list, Tony Stags. I don't know. Like, Staggs the scores aren't great, but man, he's passing the eye test and he's one of these guys that I'm, I'm really sick of watching Broncos games and, and not owning him because he could just erupt at any moment and is this a panic trade? He's going to lose cash, no doubt about it, but at 430K or so, is it, is it really that much of investment that we're losing out on?
0: I wouldn't be selling Stags and I wouldn't be selling Cobos. the other one. I've seen people selling Cobo I'd hold them both, to be honest.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, let's skip number three and we'll go to number four. Brian Toe, uh, he's number four, most sold player. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, high-grade MCL out for eight weeks. Now, number three and number five on this list, David Fafita, Angus Crichton. This is where I was alluding to a lot with the buys. Trent Robinson has benched, um, what's his name, Angus Crichton, not great, does play pretty early on in the week, so if you can afford to hold off, then you can see what Robo does come game day. As for David Fafita, his spot is locked in, but the involvement hasn't been there, and it's, what, a combined 1.3.5, 1. 1.4 million, something like that, between the two of them, Lot of cash to be underperforming when you can pick up other guys like Hamal Olakuwatu, Tyson Frizzell, Isaiah Yo, all these kind of guys, even Josh Curran, for a fraction of the cost that are doing the same thing.
0: If I held, if I had both, so if I had Fafita and I had Angus, I'd probably sell Angus and hold Fafida. In general terms, individually, I think they're both holds. So, Angus, I think, will probably be Robbo sending a message. He, he didn't have a great game last week. He didn't have high involvement. He, I think he missed a couple of tackles. I think that's just Robbo being Robbo and saying, if you don't play up to my standard, then, you know, I'm going to send you a message. And, and when you he's had, probably sending him that message this
1: week. When you had both back rowers as well, performed quite well, Sotili with two tries, and that butcher with his stint off the bench played really well as well. So it's it's not like he's putting in uh, duds for them. And I, yeah, I don't think this is a long-term play. I think you've hit the nail on the head here with the... With the idea of it being a message sender, but it's worrying, isn't it?
0: Oh, it's definitely worrying. If if I had a team full of all the right cheapies and you know a lot of the key guys, then certainly I would make the trade. I would, I would go down to Olakuwatu. To be honest with you, he's the guy that I want. I want him more than I want Kickout.
1: Yeah, and I I feel the same. Um, I mean, what do you do if you're the Roosters and you come out and blitz South Sydney like twenty-two to six? It's hard to to drop Butcher again if like if he plays well, and I am worried. I mean, Butcher will probably rotate through the middle. I'd, I'd, I'd expect one of the middles comes off. Butcher rotates through. Crichton comes on, and that's probably it. But like, Angus he, could also play in the middle. He could, when he first he came could, to yeah, the 100%. Roosters, he
0: played in the middle. So but, it'd be oh. interesting to see what they do.
1: I got sucked into him. I think was it was it 2019 his first year. 2019, 2018. I got sucked into him really as bad earlier. I, I held I held him for way too long, and he was just coming off the bench for Robo, and I got sucked in for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, even at 60 minutes, I don't particularly want him. Whereas Fafita like doesn't have the best matchup against the Raiders, who are quite a good defensive side. But I mean, he was benched as well last week. I think Holbrook did say he wanted to manage him through the heat, and I think the Titans have a lot of night games coming up, so he is one to. Probably holy he's got the ceiling. Uh, we'll touch on my trade shortly, but yeah, I'm, I'm in that dilemma too. Uh, number six on this list, Reed Marnie. I would expect this to drop down the ranks, same as Harry Grant. Uh, a lot of the trades were Marnie and the Grant Swip, Swip, swap, swap, um, swap. So I'd expect Reed to fall out of the top ten. Lachlan Ilias number seven. This is this has to be for Nico Hines, surely. If Nico Hines is number one in the most traded in. Uh, Lachlan Ilias number seven you'd think would be a swap for Hines somehow because I don't really understand why teams are selling a dual halfback who has had a tough start to the year but should only get better.
0: There's not really any money to, to make there. You know, he's 200K. I think you may as well just hold him unless it is the case that you're going all the way from him up to Hines and that's a different story and I think that might be the case here.
1: Number eight and number nine, Damien Cook and Cody Walker both being sold. I would expect Cook to drop out of this list as well with the news of Nico. With the news of Harry Grant, so these hookers I would take with a pinch of salt. But Cody Walker uh, finally entering the top ten sell list. I've been calling for it for two weeks. It's good to see people are finally listening and jumping off the Cody Walker train. You'll be able to pick him up five hundred k at this rate. The way he's playing.
0: Yeah, he's not, he's not playing too well. He'll come good. Uh, wait to wait around six or seven. He'll probably be a lot cheaper and he'll probably be finding his form by then I'd say.
1: Someone has just put in the chat, I don't understand why Whisperer is bagging the, the, the Ilias trade despite what I'm going to do. I mean Schneider isn't dual and playing in his position sort of is up in the air after 10 weeks. So that's my reasoning. But we'll go, we'll, we'll touch on that surely. And number 10, Jackson Hastings. He's out for two weeks with a suspension. I am pretty sure. So makes sense to move him on. Hasn't really done enough to warrant holding. If you can move up to someone like a Dylan Brown or even a Jack Whiten, um, people would be doing that. That is going to round out the, I guess, top 10 buy and sells. Moving on to a segment that I think a lot of people have struggled to nail for the first two weeks. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. Double scores have meant nothing considering I have captained Teddy and then Fafita for a whopping... 140 points between the two of them in the first two weeks. I don't think your captain choices have been much better. I think a lot of people have struggled. Um, the looping score has become less and less sort of viable. I mean, I'm going to be looping someone very early on in the round and I'll be taking a 90-point a game from them. I'll, I'll loop that. Um, but first things first, mate, I have Tom Travoy, which is sort of my number one captain choice for the, for the whole week. Play Sunday night against the Doggies. Doggies have shown some good defensive stability, but... We know what Tommy Turbo can do if he's fit and firing.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm doubling down. I'm going to captain Turbo again this week. He's of all the guys, of all the key guys, he's got probably the best matchup this week. If I had Payne Haas, I'd probably consider Haas as a safe captain as well. Um, I don't have Haas, so I can't do that. So I'll be, I'll be going see Turbo this week.
1: Yeah, um, I, I feel like if you own Turbo now, he's one of these guys that can just be a captain for the next 10 weeks just with the draw that Manly have. Um, number two, I have Nico Hines as a VC. He plays the very first game of the week against the Dragon side who has leaked points. Nico Hines, I think the Sharks only put up 16 points on the weekend and Nico Hines scored a ton. And he was very, very involved. 25 tackles for a halfback is exceptional. A great floor. And yeah, he should be probably the most VC option, I would say, this week playing the first game.
0: I also had the exact same thing. I had Nico Hines with a VC next to him. So I agree with that one as well. If I owned Hines, I'd definitely be doing the vice captain.
1: Number three on my list is Payne Haas. We're, mate, bring back 2019. We're, we're captain the front row forwards and I'm all here for it because my glory days were back then. So bring back the, the bring back the pig captaincies. Uh, number four, I couldn't split them between Ryan Pappenhausen and Cam Munster. They play Souths who have not looked good. So either one of those two could definitely pop off. Um, and yeah, if you don't own Turbo this week, you have a free fullback slot to choose between, yeah, Paps or, or Teddy's to where you want to go for any kind of captaincy. How do you see the Melbourne boys faring out now no, Harry Grant is there?
0: I I think Pappy probably is going to get his biggest score out that he's had so far this season. So I did have, have him as fourth on my list as captain options.
1: Awesome. Good to see you on the same page. Number five, I have James Desco coming off the back of an 82-point performance. Just dispelled your comment about him looking unfit. He, he was he was looking unreal, uh, and hopefully he can continue. Um, the Roosters don't have an ideal draw, but, I mean, they're the Roosters, so move on. And lastly, I've chucked in Viliami Kikau here just because of the upside that he possesses. It's not ideal, but I've just chucked Kikau in there as a bit of a pod move.
0: I'm positive you got your games strong this week. Do I? The Roosters play South Sydney and the Storm play the Eels. You okay, yeah, me yeah. Before.
1: yeah, so I, I knew they had tough games. I just, I think I just stuffed them up. Um, I mean, yeah, against sorry, against the Eels, the Eels side, what they leak twenty something points. I like the- Pappy. Yeah. I like
0: Pappy as an option this week. Yeah, and I don't mind um Teddy either against South. You know, South haven't been setting the world on fire by any means. Also, don't mind a sneaky option of um a VC on Nathan Cleary if he plays, if you're an owner. Oh, huge. I don't think there'd be many owners, but... I don't mind it, you know. It's at Carrington Park. They seem to really like playing out at Carrington Park. Hopefully, the weather's nice and sunny. Three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I, I don't hate it.
1: Hey, one thing, but one thing to note as well. Melbourne's first choice goal kicker is out with COVID this week. In, in Harry Grant, I think that one, that one <laughs> sent people a sideways. I reckon Twitter, Twitter blew up on that one. That was Twitter blew up. That yeah. was shocking. I remember someone messaged me. They were like, "Who's going to goal kick now? Nick Meaney's out." And I was like, "What do you mean? It's it's Pap." And then five minutes later. I see Harry Grant standing behind the tee and I reckon owners were frothing at the mouth and then they saw his his two or three conversion attempts and it was not ideal. Um, but you would expect Pappenhausen to kick and yeah, against the Eels. I don't know how I feel, mate. You said you really like Pappenhausen as a captaincy this week. Um, he, yeah, well, there's no he, Grant. He is, um, he is my captain, but I don't know how I feel if you're endorsing him with the way that both our strike rates have been with captaincies in the first two rounds. So let's hope we can turn around this know. week.
0: I never thought I'd captain Teddy and Turbo over the first two weeks and have a captain average of about 38. Yep.
1: <laughs> I feel you there. Hey, let's move on to high-stake hot takes. I've uh, binned off the, the sound segment because I know that you weren't a fan. Uh, last week, I think I had Whiten under 40. He, I think he got 48. Um, I had Ponger over 85. He didn't play. Uh, I think I had Jerome Hughes under 55. That hit. And then I had Teddy over 100. And he went for like 87 or something like that. So... A couple of close calls here or there. Could have gone either way. Um, this week, I have gone Viliami Kikau under 50 points. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I guess that's just me hoping that the new buyers get stung. Um, I've got Jason Tamalolo going over 65 in that big battle in the middle uh, against the Broncos. I've got Reed Money with the bounce back factor 65 plus against no Harry Grant. Uh, the battle of the Queensland Nines. I was, it was looking like it, but now Grant's out with COVID. I've got Reed Money having a bit of a bounce back. And mate, I don't know if you're going to like this one. I've got Daily Cherry Evans to outscore Tom Trebovich. Fair game. Fair
0: game. Um, last week, I went two from three, actually. I, I did say Teddy under 50. I think that was wishful thinking, given that I was doing yeah. the turbo move. <laughs> that was more uh, of a hopeful s- one. <laughs> I said Heinz over 75, so he nailed that. And I actually said the Broncos and Dogs game would be an under six-point margin. So that one came off too. I know a lot of people were expecting the Broncos to touch up the Dogs a little bit, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Hot takes for this week. I've got four this week. Um, I've got Turbo and Oluquatu to go 200-plus combined. Um, So, yeah, that's an interesting one, but it scores together. both
1: Both of ours can hit. I just need DC to go like 150 and then back can go like 140. And that means like he's outscored him. So both of us can, can lob up there.
0: We'll see. i got Hines going back to back. I've got him raising oh, the bat again God, this hope, week.
1: God, I hope so.
0: Yep. So given tons are hard to come by, I think that one's quite bold. I've got Stags and or Cobo both score. Actually, sorry, I've read that wrong. Stags and Cobo scoring a try this week. So I think the bounce back's on this week. that They're going to go right side a bit more and I've got them both scoring a try. And I've got Latrell Mitchell going 80 plus uh, this week as well. So even though I think playing set, playing the Roosters, obviously got suspended in this game last year. There's a lot of history there. I just think he's going to fire up. He always seems to fire up when he plays the Chooks. And even if the Souths, you know, do get... Towed up a little bit by the chalks, or which he, I don't think he's just happens, always involved, isn't he? I don't he. think they'll get flogged. I just think he's going to be involved in everything that South Sydney does. So I've got him going 80 plus for the week.
1: Lovely, um, mate. Over unders, the, the the lines I set you weekly last week you went two from two uh, to, to improve on your round one performance of one from th- one from four. I set Telltale Mon at 33. You took the unders, he actually had a bit of involvement and he went for about 50 points. So that one lost. I had Tony Stagg said about 65, and 50% of the Supercoach world was hoping that there was overs. 50% were hoping it was unders. And boy, howdy, he did not perform. So you took the overs on Tony Staggs; He went unders. Uh, Sam Sam Wal- Sam Walsh, Sam Walker, I said at 57. I think he went for 59, 61, something like that. Um, so he got over the line for you. And I said Reese Walsh at 61, and he also went over for you. So your season tally is three wins from a potential eight picks. This week, I have done two backs two forwards I've gone our love child from the preseason Stefano Utuikamanu, Kamanu man I've set him at 47 where are we sitting on him over under 47
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Overs. Tyson Frizzell, 66. It's
0: Penrith. It's an interesting lot. I'm going to take the under this week.
1: Ryan Pappenhausen, 68. I think I know where you lie on this one. Over. And Matt Burton, 52.
0: Dogs play...
1: Someone. Manly.
0: Manly. I'm going to take the under on... Burton 62 this Right.
1: Week. Stefano 47 over. Frizzell 66 under. Pappenhausen 68 over. Burton 52 under. Um, before we get into our trade talks this week, I've had a lot of questions read Tom Starling and where people lie on him. No Adam Trevelyan named in, on the bench now. Tom Starling, we know what he can do when he gets 65 plus. And I'll be keeping a very, very close eye on him because if he does get 65 plus, I'm abandoning the Harry Grant ship. And we're going to go read Marnie down to Tom Starling next week. But it depends on the minutes. Depends on what Matt Frawley is taking out from the bench. Where are you sitting on Starling? Is he in your plans? Would you downgrade Grant to him? Or are you kind of locked into the no. Randall? You locked into Randall Grant. I don't understand uh, selling Randall. Sorry, mate. I just wa- I just wanted to get this out. I don't understand selling Randall for Starling. Um, I don't know. I just still feel there's some kind of stability with with. Um with Randall and what's a hundred K difference for maybe 13 points thereabouts? So my
0: plan at the moment is I own Wishart as well as Grant, and I did this deliberately just in case Grant got injured. Uh especially while um Cheese is out injured. So I've got Wishart as my backup 58 at the moment. As soon as Randall peaks in price, I'm gonna flick Wishart up and I'm gonna run the two Storm guys as my hookers. Um, That way, you know, I've got a bit of a safety net if anything happens to old Harry Grant. Um, So he's not in my plans. But one thing I noticed with Starling is there's a big contrast in the minutes over the last two weeks. Obviously, last week Trevelyan played off the bench. He took minutes away. In the first week, they didn't have that option. And Hodgson went down quite early. So the minutes were quite high. I want to see what happens this week, obviously, with Matt Frawley playing on the bench. So Where does he take minutes from? Does he take minutes in the halves? Or does he play like a floating role that some players play now in the forwards, just floating around? Or does he replace Starling and take big minutes off him? Because if he's playing under 60, he's not a buy for me. If he's playing over 65 minutes and definitely 70 minutes, then Starling is a buy because he looks very good.
1: Yeah, so that's my thinking. If Starling can get good minutes, then I will be picking him up uh, for Supercoach for NRL Fantasy, he's already in my side. I picked him up this week because the scoring is vastly different and he performs quite well. Um, let's move on. What is next on the run sheet? Uh, let's move on to trade talk. Um, last week's was interesting. Uh, I don't know if this week's can be topped. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. I want to get yours out of the way because I thought I'd be the unpredictable one on this show, but... Your efforts last week baffled me. So let's hear what the Brew World Order is doing to put out as many spot fires as there are. Um, For a bit of context, you used a trade boost last week, correct? Yeah. So you're three trades in the hole. What are we doing this week?
0: Uh, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. I've had a few curveballs thrown this afternoon. So Harry Grant being out is one of those curveballs. David Clemmer is the other curveball. Initially, I was going to sell Fletcher Baker to Max King uh, via Jules um, by putting Bullamore down. I don't mind Bullamore this week because he plays the dogs. I'm hoping that maybe, just maybe, he can get some attacking stats and and bump up his you know his price rises. So I was going to hold on Bullamore. Um, I will get Max King this week. It's just a matter of who uh, that happens for. I might have to reassess my options though now that Clemmer's down, because that's a bit of a hit for me. Uh, the second trade was, I was, I've still got uh, Sean Russell. So I was just going to go straight Sean Russell to Talon May. I know Talon May is a beast bat, like a beast machine. So Tago May and Penasini, three out of my four centers with a relatively high base was pretty safe for me. And then I'd just keep rolling out Billy Smith until he finally pays the faith to me. So they're probably two guys that are definitely coming in is May and King. It's just what I do with the other move. Now I could sell Clemmer um, to be honest with you. I could turn Clemmer into Payne Haas right now with the cash I've got left, um, which is definitely an option for me. Payne Haas is a set and forget keeper for the season. I was more so hoping to have Clemmer and Haas as my forward combo, but with the Clemmer information, that's a long out. You know, he only scored 44. I think it was in round one. It might just be best to to cut ties there and, and move on.
1: So, out of all that, what what is the ones you're locked into, and and where what are the ones that you're thinking of?
0: So I don't know if I'm going to trade boost again this week. Um, I don't mind doing it because early rounds, I think it's important to set yourself up. I'm definitely getting Max King in. I believe it'll be for Fletcher Baker, and I'm definitely trading out Russell down to Talon May.
1: Interesting. As for the Ramsey resurgence, we are a trade virgin. We made none last week. And we're making three this week. So, I was pretty locked into trading David for Feta until two minutes past four o'clock. So, that sort of sent me sideways. I had this big breakdown, this big five-page breakdown on Twitter as to why I'm selling for Fita over Crichton. And then Trent Robinson decided to play with my emotions. So, what we are doing is we are using a trade boost. We are trading out Angus Crichton. We are moving Jai Arrow down from front row forward. We are bringing in Josh King. We are trading out Britton Nakora. RIP Britton Nakora in my side. What a bad play that was. We are moving Isaac Tago from the, sec- from the center wing to the 2RF. We are bringing in Peter Hiku, the boy. And we are also trading out Brad Schneider. After he a whopping price rise of zero dollars, and we are bringing in Nicholas Hines, who will be my vice captain this week. So pretty much just going Schneider to Hines via David Feeder. The only issues is with that it does leave me with the King Kong's up top as my starting front rowers, Max and Josh. They'll be locking down the big boys in the middle for the next couple of weeks until Snow Brown's back. Um, but the way Max King is playing off the bench, that is fine. And Josh King is like a what say 50 points so if I can get 100 points out of those two then I'll be very very happy
0: yeah you'll take 100 points from your front row if that's what you're running out it's risky but I can see why you're doing it
1: I know why. I know I saw you squinted your face when I mentioned Peter hiku it was between him and Bo for more um I don't know for just he just seems like a 30 or a 80 kind of guy um kick out kick out hiku has had what 56 points in base power over the last two weeks has not scored a try um, and they just look to be using him a lot, so if I can get some kind of stability in the center wings, then awesome. He has the fullback eligibility as well. That might come in handy over Origin, who knows, but just worth having note there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my trades for the week. I uh, was going for feeder, but some stuff has forced my hand, and we're going Crichton. Unfortunately for him, Big Gus just didn't cut the mustard in my side. Um, Moving on to the Weekly Winners Multi. Shout out to Hayden Fox, coach of the Flying Foxes, who top-scored the group with 1,130 points. Monster effort from you, Hayden. Well done. Uh, That sees him in overall rank of 338. As you guys know, $25 bonus bet on me and any wings. Just go to you guys. Bruski, he has picked an anytime try-scorer multi. He's gone anytime try-scorer Daniel Tupo to score against the Rabbitohs. He's gone William and any anytime against the Knights. He's gone Xavier Coates anytime against the Eels. David Fafita anytime against the Raiders and Tom any anytime against the Kennedy-Bankstown Bulldogs. $25 is going to net him a cool $1,130 profit. Uh, Straight to his, like his, straight to his bank account. Yeah, man, for a, for a free bet, if you can get a grand on... The only one I'd be really iffy on there is Viliami Kikau and um, Fafita, both being forwards. But yeah, Tupo, Trevojevic, Coates, I mean, all guys that are definitely capable of finding the white line and then you're taking the punt on on Kikau and Fafita. Definitely, definitely nice. Um, Fafita's
0: due. I can see him scoring this week, to got be honest.
1: God, I hope so. Got hope so. Justify me holding you, please, David. Please. Um, that's going to basically wrap up the... The run sheet. We have got a couple of questions to finish on. Um, but yeah, apologies for the very poor audio to start with. Um, Brew and I sat down before we had it all sorted out, and then I must have bumped a button on my mixer here or something, and it, it just threw it out of whack. But let's halfway get through the intro. Oh yeah, lovely. Um, it just went up. Let's uh, let's do, let's do some questions, guys. Get them firing in. Um, I do have Pappenhausen, Grant, and I need to zoom in here. Pappenhausen, Grant, and Munster, or oh, I can't have. Basically, th- this is a common theme. Is it bad having a lot of players from one side? Now, I took a punt and had five Roosters to start with in Tedesco, Tupo, Smith, Crichton, and Sam Walker. Roosters obviously didn't come out of the gates firing hot, but I think it's a case of where you take your good players rather than just having them in your side. Like, I'd rather have five Storm players than five Broncos players.
0: Yeah, as long as they're from the elite clubs, it's it's okay to mass own players. Some Like towards the back end of the season in particular, I remember a few years ago, the Roosters kept winning massive at the SCG. And if you had, you know, Morris and Angus and Teddy and I think Tupu at the time as well, then they were getting like four or 500 points easily from the game. So it can work. Um, but yeah, use caution if you're taking the entire spine, for example, because that could backfire.
1: What are our thoughts on Hamwell Olokawatu? Bloke played fantastically on the weekend. He had 12 tackle busts. Um, he had 32 tackles. Look, I think he was up against Sam Walker. So, his 12 tackle busts won't come every week. Um, but, yeah, 70, 70, 77 points last week. Pretty much all in base. A lot of people are high on Olokawatu. With Manley's draw, I'd much prefer him over Kikau. And I don't know why he isn't sort of in the top 10.
0: as well... Well, known, and that would be why people have seen him do it before. So, I had Kickout as my number one by this week, Hines number two, but I had Olukawatu as number three. So, I had him well before your Hikus and your Kings and whatnot. I really think Olukawatu's in for a really good season.
1: As to why, obviously, you've got Ethan Bullymore in the back row, Josh Houston's still out for a little bit, so you'd think Desi might be using him a bit more. Manly have that fantastic draw as well, and we saw the attacking output that he had when Manly just turned it on after Origin as well last year. I think he averaged only 70 points a game, so there's definitely some value there. Uh, Is Nat Butcher a quick two-week grab, or is it just not worth the trades? I'm worried about his stability in the side. Obviously, the 114 points is going to be in the rolling average for the next three weeks, but there is a lot of question marks over his spot in the side. Angus Crichton is there. He won't be on the bench for too long, and it's, what, two trades, one to get him in, one to get him out. As the Chooks fan I think you're, you'd are you be in agreements with it, me here It's just too risky, like he could be dropped Game day
0: When it's- I saw the team sheet, the f- that was the first thing that crossed my mind I was like, shit, do I go get Angus to Butcher and power play this But you're right, it does, it takes a trade in It takes a, a trade out And if you get yourself in a situation Where we have a round Like even if it's similar to this round where, you know You wouldn't have thought that Angus Would be benched, you wouldn't have thought that Harry Grant would be Out with COVID, like all the news was that Clemens was returning this week. I lost three guys on the team sheets today, and that just throws trades right out the window. So if those things happen, you can get stuck with people. So for that reason, I probably would avoid Butcher, but there's probably some people that are even riskier than I am with this game and they might do it and make some fast cash and it could pay off for them. So.
1: Yeah. I've got four injuries, but then nowhere near as dreadful as yours. I think mine are Jermaine or brown uh, Valor, Russell, and that's it. I've only got three. I've fighters. got all them too. Yeah, and then you've got Clemmer and Grant and like the likes of that. Um, hey Josh, hey Brew, it's good to be back. Do you like my trades of Andrew Fafita to Max King and Angus Crichton to Isaiah Yo? Um, yes. I don't know. Oh, this is sound. This sounds really silly because he's had two great scores, but like I want to see what Yo does with Cleary back in the side. Like I feel like it's at a lot of responsibility being put on Isaiah Yeo's shoulders. And does that come off when Cleary's back? Does he go back to what he was doing last year? Which isn't terrible, but it's just not the numbers he's putting up this year.
0: I don't know. He's playing inspired footy at the moment and I can't see Cleary coming back 100% all in straight away from the get-go. I think he'll ease back in a little bit. So it's kind of now or never, I think, for, for Yowie Power. So... If you're going to do it, do it now at 500. Otherwise, you could be waiting and you'd be six fifty. So, he's safe. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get a bloke that's safe in your forwards. It's, yeah, I, I get that. Nothing just, wrong with it.
1: Is, that, is it just a tad sideways though when like you can just maybe go a bit, bit more stealing? Um, we'll do one more question for the podcast and then we'll answer all the other questions live on YouTube exclusively. And I reckon we pick out thoughts on... Let me zoom in. Thoughts on Crichton and Hastings out for Nico and Josh King in or Talon. And then I think this feeds into another question that we had. Is Josh King going to be the next Spencer Lenu when Brandon Smith comes back being a a relevant 25, 30-point guy off the bench? So um, Crichton out, Hastings out for Nico, Hines and Josh King. Very similar to what I'm doing. Um, But yeah, is Hines Hines a must-have or is he a guy that's more of a luxury moving down from a Crichton or a Fafita?
0: Probably is a luxury. I. It's an interesting one. I'm trying to see the question on the screen. Who, right. who asked the no, question? No, it's
1: it's it's well gone. It's basically yeah. It's it's Josh King in and Hines in. I, for for Crichton, I can see and, Josh King becoming a problem. Yeah, I know
0: he's highly talked about, but he's played for multiple clubs, and yeah, he's doing okay at the moment uh, for Melbourne. But you know, Smith is Smith. Like he even if he's leaving the club, he needs his place in the side. And, you know, the bench probably doesn't help, you know, Alec McDonald's been playing really well. And I'm not saying there's not a spot on the bench for King, but I don't think there's going to be a starting spot there for him.
1: I reckon that is going to do it for the podcast version of this. Uh, As we said on Sunday, if you want to catch us answering more questions, more in detail, um, actually head over to to the YouTube for the live streams. Um, Yeah. I'm pretty vocal about when I post them. Um, but for all the podcast listeners, thank you very much. I've been the SC Whisperer. I've been joined by Bruce C. Uh This has been the Dual Position Podcast, round three preview. Uh, good luck this weekend, guys. Ciao for now.